This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. My name is Keaton Arias Quint, but most people know me as Stooge. I'm on my way to the Thera planet. Thera 2 to be exact, where I will be forced to work at a base known as Crystal Blue. I'm a Lance Corporal in the EDF. I'm heading to CB as a sort of punishment for a past event, but I won't go into that just yet. All right, lady and gent. <laughs> we are finally here, there too. We are entering the atmosphere, so please, find a secure seat and embrace yourself. Oh man, you're in here? That's Victoria Palmer. We're both heading to Crystal Blue. The Theras can be brutal, depending on what job you have assigned. Hopefully, I get something easy to make my stay more comfortable. Although I heard the worst thing about this place is the boredom. Nothing exciting ever happens this far out in space. Crystal Blue is a sci-fi series from Seven Land Productions. The story follows 15 members of Crystal Blue as they work on air purifier towers and monitor space by the White Line. The White Line which separates humans from the alien menace known as the Calamonians. But not long after Palmer and Stooge's arrival, things start to get weird. A mysterious down shuttle and signal interference are just the beginning for the Crystal Blue team. If you're looking for a new audio drama, you can find the series at sevenlamb.com or search for Crystal Blue wherever you listen to podcasts. I sat in my car staring out at the nice suburban two-story home with its arched column entryway and freshly cut lawn. This was Dee's parents' home. I knew I shouldn't be here, but I often stopped by just to see and debate if I should try to make contact in person. But tonight was different. Tonight there was an extra car in the driveway. Ricky's car. It sat behind Anita's SUV. Of course. It was no surprise Ricky was ignoring my calls. I gave up a month ago. He was busy now. He was busy being with Delilah. Fuck it. I was about to ring the doorbell but stopped myself. Out of the corner of my eye, I caught a glimpse of the dining room. I made my way around the square cut hedges and to the window. I peered inside, into the enclosed room with wood grain chairs and table. I leaned against the outside wall, concealing myself from view. Not that they would really be able to see me in the downpour, or that they would even notice, since their conversation was so enthralling. Anita, Eric, Dee, and Ricky. They all looked so happy. Ricky was telling some kind of story, flamboyantly throwing his arms around. Dee smiled, then moved her hand to cover her full mouth as she laughed. Okay. I understand now. I went back to the entryway, standing by the front door, pondering. Should I ruin their evening? 
Should I confront her about Ricky? No. Don't. Seven Lamb Productions presents The Stone House Episode 15 <laughs> The sun did little to warm me giving the beach its typical bleak and gloomy quality. I sat up to stare at my feet. I was only wearing socks and they were completely torn at this point. Almost every one of my toes was dark blue or purple, even the ones not attached to the broken leg. Would I lose them along with my leg? Probably. <laughs> Relax, Val. No need to worry about that. That's only if you end up making it off this rock. Stop being so optimistic. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's not over yet. You may be out of that cave, but you are far from being free. I needed something to help me. I felt really weak, every one of my muscles aching. How would I move? I couldn't crawl my way everywhere. I'd have to walk. I wish I still had that cane. Man, it looked like it would be dark soon. Okay, find something, Val. Here we go. There is some driftwood not far from me, up closer to the rocks. Let's try that. It took a while to get to it, and my leg was in so much pain. Okay. There was a decent amount of driftwood here, but each piece was small and misshapen. There was no way I could use any as a crutch. Damn it. Useless. There had to be more. I surveyed the area. There was another small pile about ten yards south, resting against a small grouping of rocks. My arms were so tired. I wouldn't be able to keep this up. I had to find something soon. Yes, this might work. I found a larger but still warped piece. It was thick though. It would probably hold my weight. Let's try. No, no. Okay, okay. I leaned onto the wood piece, my full weight causing it to sink slightly into the sand. But it held. I shifted my weight onto my good leg then move forward, treating the driftwood as a true crutch. It held. The piece came up to the inside of my shoulder and both ends were jagged and sharp, but it would have to do. Okay. Okay. Now, 
find D. There you go, boy. When you finish with that, take the trash to the bin out back. I didn't know there was a bin for trash here. That was something else I never asked about. But now, I didn't care. Dear, I need your help with something. What? Come here. I looked over from my spot on the couch. Gavin took a seat at the table, a small first aid kit sitting in front of him. Come here, dear. I stood before him, watching as he carefully removed the contents of the first aid kit. I also noticed string and scissors on the table. You're gonna help me. Help you with what? With this. <clears throat> Gavin awkwardly pulled off his shirt, revealing the gash in his shoulder. Ah. What are you doing? <sighs> I need a stitch up. You cut me quite deep. He flung his shirt aside. It landed over the back of another chair. That shirt's done for. Now sit. Gavin was a big man, but wasn't as flabby as I would have imagined. The only other time I saw him was in the dark, in his room, in his underwear, when Val was still here. And that, I continuously tried to shake from my memory. You want me to stitch up your wound? You did it. It's the least you could do. I, I don't... Uh... I don't think I can. <laughs> you don't think you can? You don't want to. Would you rather me bleed out here? Is that what you want? But I didn't answer. The wound wasn't bleeding. At least, not anymore. Sit. You don't scare me. I ain't trying to, dear. I ain't trying to. You were going to hurt him, though. And that's why you came back. Were you really going to do it? Death ain't scary. Living a life not worth living, now that is scary. <laughs> I don't understand. You don't understand. Boy, take out the trash. Now I say. <clears throat> I watched as Noah finished sweeping up the mess and tossed it in the bin. He then took the bin outside. <laughs> He's always struggling with that door. Too big for him. Now, what were we talking about? Ah, yes. You don't understand. <sighs> he leaned forward and put his head in his hands. He rubbed his temples and grimaced. I just want you to be happy, dear. I want you and Noah to both be happy. I'd do anything for you. But... I'm not done, dear. I'd do anything for my family. That's why I always forgive you. But my patience is running low. And when it runs low, I do things I don't want to do. The anger. You know my anger. It consumes me. 
I wish it weren't there sometimes, but I can't help it. I guess it ain't much different than someone who can't control what they eat or someone who can't control how sad they get, you know? But my anger only comes so often. And if you could just realize that we're a family, then I wouldn't have to worry. You wouldn't have to worry. The boy wouldn't have to worry. You see? Gavin. No. You see? I don't want you calling me Gavin. Gavin's my name to someone I just met. Or an acquaintance or an old friend. But we are so much more than that. We're a family. A loving family. That's all I want. And I know that's all you want. So forget whatever else it's making you act this way. Because I'm here. I'm always here. I just... Ah! He held up a finger, cutting me off again. I'm almost done now. But you need to hear this last part. There ain't no boat coming. There never were. But that's okay. Because everything we could want or need is here. We just have to help each other. So no more fights. No more squabbles. Just us. And our island. Our home. Hey, boy, not yet. Stay outside a moment. I'm almost done talking to your mother. Uh, mother? A chill ran down my spine. I've given you many warnings, and I won't give you no more. I want a family. You do something like this, again. You fall out of line. I'll do something I don't want to do. Something I can't help. My anger will consume me, and I just may. I just may hurt the boy. And I know you ain't worried about yourself. But you're worried about the boy. So don't make me do such things, eh? Just be a family with me. With us. Can you do that? I was literally shaking. I wanted to cry. I knew there was no boat. That was obvious. Now I had to be careful what I did and said. Not for myself, but for Noah. I needed a way off this island more than ever now. I needed to get me and Noah away from this crazy man. Can you? Can you do that? I nodded slowly, holding back tears. Good. Now take a seat and help me with this. Boy! You can come in now! Boy! Dear, you're shaking. I... I... I'm sorry. It's okay, dear. But maybe we should save this for a little later, no? I don't want you slipping up. <laughs> I'll wrap it up for now. We'll work on it in about an hour or so. It's been a long, trying day. I ended up taking the same path that Dee and I took when we first washed ashore. The wind had really picked up and I was cold. Colder than I ever was inside the cave. 
but I kept pushing on. I had so much trouble walking with my leg the way it was. It was a darker blue and purple now. I wondered if it was infected. The odds of me setting it right were next to nil. I was at the sand dunes, overlooking the rest of the beach with a large rusted ship in the distance. I thought about resting there, but that would force me to climb up rocks and steel. So instead, I headed for the cave. Careful there. Oh, sorry. But I wasn't really. I loathed this man. Here I was, sewing up the gash left by the plate. It was one thing for him to threaten me, but I couldn't let him hurt Noah. I would figure out a way off this island, but for now I had to play nice. Like before. Act like I cared. Ah, too deep, my dear. Oh, sorry, I've never done this before. I just... be careful with it. He suddenly rested his hand on my leg. I bit my tongue. Don't do it, Dee. Not now. Even though, if I planned it right, I could possibly jab this needle right through his... I know what you're thinking. What? I know what you're thinking. I'm not thinking anything. Yeah, you are. I can see it in your eyes. You don't feel the same way for me like you used to. I know that. But things will change. They will. Just give them time. This here's a nice home and a nice island. And I can provide for us. We don't need supplies or a boat. We'll be real happy here. You just have to try, dear. He pulled his hand off my knee and smirked. But I haven't been rushing you. And I don't plan to. You need time, I know that. But soon you'll have to come around. If you want us all to be happy, you'll have to. I didn't say anything. I just finished the last stitch, cut it, and tied the end into a small knot. There. I'm done. Good. Very good. Feels much better already. He stood and rotated his arm carefully. Still tender, but it'll heal no time. He went to the window and peered out at the darkening sky. Looks like another storm set to pass. It looks nasty. Let's get dinner ready, eh? <sighs> okay. Do you want me to cook? No, no. I'll handle it tonight, dear. It's the least I can do after you patch me up. Okay. But, dear, since this is a uh, new beginning for us, at least that's what I think, why don't you go put on something nice for tonight? What? There's plenty in your closet. Why don't you put on something nice? An evening dress or the like, eh? Was there an evening dress? I couldn't remember. But he stood there shirtless and smiling, waiting for confirmation. I nodded slightly. Aye. I felt sick to my stomach. As I walked to my room, 
I wished I took that chance and ran that needle into his eye. Shit. Damn it. I was in the cave. I was heading for the stack of empty wooden crates, but tripped on a rock and fell into a stack of paint cans. My good leg was throbbing now. I was covered in blue paint. Good job, Val. I should have never pushed myself, but now, at least I was out of the wind. And that much closer to D. But I needed to rest. I was weak and tired and knew I wouldn't be able to continue. The good thing about missing so many meals now was that hunger wasn't even a thought. The stomach pains were just normal now. Although, what I wouldn't do for a nice, juicy steak. Stop, Val. Stop. I wiped the pain off as best I could before laying fully on the rocky floor. Couldn't do anymore. So exhausted. As I lay there in the middle of the cave, next to some half-empty paint cans, I admired the new artwork. Wait a second. New? Yeah. Those images weren't there before. I remembered the shapes and weird symbols. I remembered the boats and sea life and mountains and a lighthouse. But now there was a submarine and a whale? Who drew these pictures? Could it be Noah, Gavin... That guy who attacked me? Or someone else? (sighs) I didn't know what time it was, but I couldn't keep going. Not yet. I'd rest here for a little while and then push on. Find D and... And... Then what, Val? You're in no position to do anything else. You can't even stand without help. Doesn't matter. We have to find D. She could be hurt. She could be... Worse off than you, Val. Who knows what that asshole did to her. You have to find her. You have to help. I closed my eyes, squeezing out a few tears. Just a short rest. And you find her. My rest was short, but it was enough. I was jolted awake from a nightmare. Dee was in pain, screaming, calling out to me. It was what I needed to get out of that cave and push on. That and the encroaching storm. Lightning flashed in the darkening sky. The wind had picked up, and soon it would rain. But I didn't want to wait any longer. I had to get to Dee. Come on, Val. I had no plan past arriving at the house. All I knew was that I had to get there. I had to see if she was okay, if she was safe. I took a moment to look down at my stained blue clothes. 
the paint covering my entire left side. I was also dirty, grimy, scratched, bruised, and beaten. Please, tell me Dee didn't suffer the same fate. Or worse. I reached the field just as it started to rain. The barn was closed, all the cows inside. There was a faint light coming from the windows of the stone house. On approach, my heart started beating rapidly. I could feel a tightness in my chest. All my worries were consuming me. Please. I was drenched by the time I reached the house. I couldn't just barge in. Gavin would destroy me. So I snuck around the side and peered into the nearest window, leaning on the sill and pressing my face against the dirtied and cracked glass. The hell? There, inside at the dining table, Gavin, Noah, and Dee. What? She wore a nice summer dress of golden flowers. The fire was burning brightly, along with the two candles evenly spaced in the center of the table. What? What? How? I watched her movements, her facial expressions. He didn't hurt her. Well, why would he, Val? He liked Dee. You knew that. But how could she sit there with him, eating like nothing was wrong? At one point, Gavin said something. Before Dee took another bite, she smiled ever so slightly. And that's when I realized I'd seen enough. I pulled back from the glass. I wanted to cry. This whole time, I fought for my life, worried that something may have happened to her. But she was fine. Not only was she fine, she was well. I didn't know what to do now. I felt empty inside, unable to fully process what I saw. So I just grabbed a piece of soaked driftwood and left. Stone House Written and edited by Robert M. Lamb Starring Corey Pettit as Delilah Robert M. Lamb as Val Jack Austin as Gavin Co-starring Dennis Caldwell Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review. Visit 7lamb.com for more podcasts such as this. This has been a Seven Lamb production.